0: Welcome to Things That Will Help with Buffy Barfoot. This podcast explores what it's like to be human and how to find tools to feel clear, grounded, and happier. Each episode will have a different theme, and we'll talk about things that help to bring that theme to real life. The human stories ahead do not negate the hard or the dark, but rather point to the lighthouses along the way. This is Buffy. Most of you have heard me talk about my mother here and there on this podcast, and those of you who know me know that she's a foundational part of my life and that her wisdom has filtered into my life in a really profound and remarkable way. And I certainly struck gold when it comes to the mother department. I hit the mother load, (laughs) so to speak. Last week, my sister-in-law, Christy, helped me to compile some messages from her dearest people uh, because it was her birthday. And I got to hear the things that they love and that they cherish about her. And what was interesting is what floated to the top is the universal thing that people tend to experience in her presence. And that is that she truly lives her wisdom instead of just talking about it. She doesn't go around saying, these are the things I believe in and these are the most important things. She leaves that distillation up to me. Instead, she just quietly lives it without calling attention to herself. Her name is Vivian. My kids call her Vivi. And I wanted to compile the juiciest wisdom from her and put it into one place, into one episode, since it's been so useful to me um, over the years and really my whole life. And I think what makes these treasured nuggets I'm about to share so good is how relatively simple they are, but how true they can be to stand on, no matter what stage in life you're in. So a little bit of background. Five years ago, my mother moved from Alabama to Denver when she was 70 to be closer to me after she retired from a a very prestigious career in education and administration. And at the time, I was nine months pregnant with Otis when she moved, and I was so excited that she was moving to a house only five minutes away. And my mom has been diagnosed with metastatic breast cancer that's moved into her lungs. And we knew this diagnosis um, shortly before she decided to move. And it's a pretty scary diagnosis, but she continues to hold it at bay. And her will to live and thrive and radiate joy daily is a remarkable thing to watch and currently she's beating all the odds and my mom has a remarkably positive inner life and she tells herself a story of wellness and not a story of sickness and it's personal medicine that is made of pure gold and what we discovered is Not surprisingly, that the cancer doesn't thrive well in this habitat. And since she's been here, since she's been in Denver, um, this cancer seems to be a turtle and not a hare at this point. And I think part of that has to do with how she speaks to herself in a way that builds a story of light. And her whole system gets a boost. And she gets stronger from that positivity. And she has a brilliant doctor who's an avid researcher. And so her medicine of positivity combined with his research and medicine has been exactly the right combination. My mother's influence on me has been primarily through example rather than preaching. And she, she, she quietly stood by for many years during all of my versions, my coming, coming of age and coming into um, understanding who I was and who I am without judgment or critique. And mostly her philosophies have stayed the same and they've become mainstays for me, too. And these philosophies have built her into a good leader without being dogmatic and teachers and administrators still call her for advice um, long after she retired. And so I've squished this all together for you and for me as an archive as well. So here is some of the wisdom that, that my mother, Vivi mama swears by the first one, the first piece is stand still. She's talked about this my whole life. And when the world is swirling around you at fast speed, sometimes the best thing, and sometimes the only thing you can do that is helpful, is to stand still. I think about last year at this time, the world was swirling pretty fast. And things with the coronavirus were changing by the day. They were even changing by the hour. And our family, like everybody else's family, was trying to figure out a game plan of how to proceed. Uh, we were trying to figure out what is safe, what is not. Should we keep Otis at school? Should Matt go into work? Do I keep teaching? Do I put my teaching online? What is all this going to look like? And I was deep in the swirl, deep in the what ifs, and the frenetic energy that time and she looked at me one day in the midst of that March and she said Buffy sometimes you have to stand still and you don't move until it's clear you got to let things come to you sometimes because what we do or certainly what I do is think that action is productive no matter what to move it, to flush it out, to do something, to make a decision so that things feel more in control. But sometimes in our lives, particularly those times that already have lots of outside frenetic movement, require the ingredient of stillness and it can be the most powerful tool. Stop talking, stop solving, stop moving, stop swirling. Stop pacing your floor. Stand still and watch for the next move. And it could be a little time or it could be a lot of time before you move. And this wisdom is most needed when our urge to move is the strongest. And this Vivi wisdom has helped me at pretty much every single stage in my life. Stand still. Second one, second nugget, everything in moderation. And this, of course, is not new advice or groundbreaking advice by any stretch. We've all heard this. But I've never seen it applied more wholeheartedly than in my mother's life. And (laughs) by me telling you how good she is at this is also going to be me telling you how terrible I am at this. My mother is very polite as she navigates all the gluten-free, sugar-free, dairy-free, plant-based, paleo, keto, anti-inflammatory shenanigans that my husband and myself and my friends put her through in Denver. We are usually eliminating something that feels like the holy grail answer to us, feeling our best. And she just (laughs) quietly adjusts accordingly. And my mom smiles and complies with whatever I've read recently about turmeric or juicing or oats or coffee or dairy or whatever that I am down a not so moderate rabbit hole about. She just patiently adjusts her menu options when I'm at her house and she's really kind about it. And then after I leave, I think she quietly and contently goes back to what has worked for her her entire life, moderation, not too much, not too little of exactly what she loves. And mom's specialty is something that we call heaven bites. Actually, Matt named these little just sweet, decadent pieces of chocolate that she makes in the crock pot. It's crock pot chocolate candy, and it definitely warms the body and the soul. And she makes them Too often, I think, uh, but we don't complain. And overall, she cooks warm, nourishing food, and she doesn't get swung around by fads and cleanses and obsessions. Mom doesn't buy the most expensive sheets or the cheapest ones either. She aims somewhere in the middle, and she's really steady that way. And it's so calming to watch because I certainly can get swept away by an idea that something I'm deeply invested in or excited about is going to fix things. And it's probably why after all these years, her wisdom has come across as really potent, as wise, because it's lived rather than touted. And I think it's created a steadiness that is palpable in her. And I learn from that daily From chocolate choices, to beauty regimens, to parenting, to how often I clean my home, to how much I watch TV versus read, the balanced place is in the middle. It's the place where you don't need extremes and where a little of this and a little of that is the richest and most fertile place right in the middle. It's peaceful in that place. Everything in moderation. Number three of Vivi wisdom is put your lipstick on. So don't stop listening. I know that many of you don't wear lipstick, and it's not really about lipstick, sort of. It's about lipstick, but it's metaphorical lipstick. And this one, this lesson really belongs to all of us. Put your lipstick on. So growing up as a girl in the deep South, in Alabama, this was a cultural thing. She actually, when she used to say it to me, she actually meant for me to go and put some lipstick on my lips, preferably of the pink variety instead of the gothic blue or black that I chose in high school. But she also means to go and brighten, brighten up and pull myself out of the cycles of wallow and self-destruction. And I will tell you, I went through a period of time where that lipstick, even metaphorically, felt to surface, and it kind of reeked of spiritual bypassing, of skipping over my sorrow. But over time, I've begun to see the lipstick's connection to the Mayan teaching, referencing the sea and the waste harness that I've told in this podcast um, that I talked about some episodes ago, where there is a time to pull people back from the sea of their deepest sadness and require that they join us at the table again. And only our close to, closest ones, of course, can bring us back from that. And she she's not suggesting that I don't feel my sorrow and wail at the edge of the water, that we don't get to feel that. But afterwards, to stand up and look around for a path back. So similar to a cold splash of water on your face, lipstick, real or otherwise, real or metaphorical, can refresh the lifeblood. It's a jolt back into your body with fortitude and purpose and a fresh perspective. And my mother and this is true, applies lipstick several times a day, both literally and metaphorically, and I see her do it. And I love that about her, and it works every time. And I've told this aspect of my mother many times to my Colorado friends, and until she came here to live, she was kind of only a mythic character to whom many of them had not met. About seven years ago or so, She visited to support me after I had an ACL surgery, repair surgery in my knee. And at that time, we only saw each other a couple of times a year. And my mom stayed with me for 10 days to help me recover from this surgery. And it was near the Christmas holidays. My birthday is really near the Christmas holidays. And I decided that I wanted to have my favorite girlfriends over for breakfast to celebrate my birthday. And my mother agreed to help me pull it off. And it turns out, (laughs) because it was really, really close to um, my surgery and I was still recovering, it turns out that I was pretty hopped up on pain pills and, and completely immobile when this birthday brunch was supposed to happen. So she ended up being the ultimate hostess, serving 10 women with this gorgeous brunch by herself. And I was leaned on three pillows in a chair trying to look festive with a red satin top on my very hurting body. And the pictures of that day kind of show me with this medicated smile and glassy eyes, but I was so happy to have my circle of girls around me to celebrate. And at that time, my now husband Matt and I were dating, but we were going through kind of a rough patch. And I remember craving the empowerment and assurance of my female tribe, which of course included my mother right at the front, and that day is imprinted in my memory as pure love, and My mother celebrated celebrated me by moving kind of behind the scenes and just making sure everything was really good, and letting me hold court with my favorite girls circled around and she cooked cheese grits and crispy bacon and eggs, and she had mimosas and fancy glasses. And my friend Erica said, she pulled me aside and she said, your mom actually does it. She disappeared for a minute, two different times and came back with fresh lipstick. And I laughed because of course she does it. And I, I, I am regularly reminded of my mother luck. Um, and I never take her for granted. And this woman... My mother is so far from Pollyanna, though you might not guess that on her, on your first impression of her. She's had cancer three times, lost her son, lived years within a marriage of gaslighting, and so many more small things. And the morning that Benjamin died, she put on her lipstick, and I remember watching her do that from the bathroom mirror in my apartment that morning. All right, number four, make your bed. This is number four of Vivi, Vivi Nugget Wisdom, make your bed. And I talked about this one a little bit in the in the very first episode of Things That Will Help, but it's worth telling again And this one, in a way, is the opposite medicine, to stand still. But sometimes what you need is to move and to take a step. And and that is not in conflict with the other medicine, but it's just a different day's prescription. Remarkably, my mother and I were together the night that Benjamin died. She was visiting me in Illinois, which is kind of hard to believe. Because at that time, we only saw each other a couple of times a year. I remember everything about those first moments. My dad called me in the middle of the night and he asked to speak to mom. And I remember blearily kind of padding into the guest room to find her and not being exactly awake. She was already sitting up, reaching for the phone as if she knew. And I started screaming. I remember where I was in the apartment. I started screaming and folding to my knees. And before I knew how to take a breath, I heard her say, Jimmy, I have to go. I need to take care of Buffy. I was 27 years old and her son had just died. And she reached down for every ounce of mother that she could muster. And she took care of me. And she knelt where I had crumpled into the carpet on the floor and something that I will never forget happened. And this is really, this is really probably the biggest lesson of my life. I looked up at her and, and I said, what are we going to do? And she said, without hesitation, go make your bed. And I did. And I came back and I said, what do, what do I do now? she said go take a shower and so forth more instructions followed and all morning she patterned out for me what to do next and I remember feeling frozen inside and these step-by-step directions kind of put together our early morning and we cleaned out my apartment as we waited to fly home because we didn't know what else to do and it's funny, I have a friend, Nicole, who recently told me that she listens to Things That Will Help podcast when she changes the linens and makes her bed. And I thought, perfect, that's perfect. <laughs> I can't think of a better thing to do while listening to Things That Will Help, because this lesson of making your bed may be the one that all the others rest on. That lesson That she taught me on his morning has remained so clear and smooth like a cold stone that I keep in my pocket all the time. Go make your bed. Go take a shower. Put on your lipstick. Do something. Move something. Smooth the covers down. Fluff the pillows up. Make that one spot in your room. Make that one spot in your home okay. And made up and smooth even when it's hard and even when you're completely destroyed in the middle of the hardest thing you can manage one step to create a pathway and then that one thing that one bed turns into another and another and eventually you are okay and it's this lesson this make your bed lesson it doesn't have to be in the hardest things, in the Benjamin days, the days that are just unforgettably sorrowful, the days that slay us. Don't save this sweet teaching just for those days. It can be the small things, too, that accumulate into overwhelm, that are serviced by this vivi-teaching. Do the next thing that you can do and smooth the covers. And it it does look better and it does feel better and it feels more manageable. Which, of course, is not everything, but it's something. And it's something that's made of stability, of ritual and light. And that, that is something we all can use. So make your bed. Last one. Step into service. I remember last year, my mother at some point said that she was blue. She told me she was down. And I remember it, even though it was kind of a while back, because she's not blue very often. And I perked up and I listened because she rarely admits to moments like that. And I poked around and I investigated a way that I could support And she said, and this was a day that I didn't really see her, I was at home with my family and she was by herself at her house and she said she was blue for about two hours and then she decided to get up and help somebody and she made a broccoli salad and took it to someone at her church who was having a hard time. She moved it out of her body by pouring herself into service to comfort someone else. So she says, when you feel blue, get busy helping someone else. There's always someone near you who needs help. And pretty soon you'll notice that you feel less focused on your blue and more focused on their joy. So I want to make something clear. She's not preaching not to feel your blue. She's not preaching at all, actually. But I know that's not what she's saying not to feel your blue. Instead, I think what she's saying is after you feel it, then move your blue out into the world so that it can transform into a different shade or a different color. Okay, I made an acronym. (laughs) I know I did this last week too. Matt got tickled at me because... um because I'm into acronyms lately, but I thought it might help to make it a little more practical and something memorable. It, this helps me remember Vivi's magic lessons when I need them. So the acronym is SEAMS, S-E-A-M-S, SEAMS. The first S, standstill. still. Then E, everything in moderation. A, apply lipstick. (laughs) M, make your bed. S, step into service. Seems. I hope these little pieces of wisdom are helpful and sweet for you somehow in your journey and that the simplicity of these little nuggets serves you in all the good ways that they've served me. One more thing that I'll leave you with um, something that, that my mom says a lot and that is really valuable, but it didn't fit into the acronym. (laughs) So I'm I'm just going to leave it here as a period at the end of this episode. Don't let anybody or anything steal your joy. Thank you so much, everybody for listening and for your support. Um, of Things That Will Help Podcast. It's such a joy to me to hear from you. I love when you write to me, uh, when you tell me where you listen, who you listen with, and what these stories mean to you. Um, So keep writing me. There is a link in the show notes um, to Ask Me Anything, so you can submit questions to me and we'll compile those questions at some point and do another Ask Me Anything episode. And if you would like to become a patron of this podcast, there is also a Patreon link in the show notes. And I, I'm so appreciative of my patrons. You, you make this podcast happen. And um, your monthly patronage is a direct, um, direct line to the production of this podcast. So th- we couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. And I hope all of you have a beautiful day. Take good care of yourself. Thank you.